What's up, everybody? Welcome to Mongols. I am Mike. With me is Kevin Josh. The Hounds kick off preseason games this weekend. Uh, and as we just learned, they sold Ezra Armstrong to St. Louis. And we're going to talk about all of that. But first, guys, no guest this week. Typically, with guests, we have to jump right into interviews. So, you know, we don't get a good chance to, to catch up. Um, so, guys, what's what's going on? Josh, what's new? I'm preparing to go on vacation. I'm, Woo-hoo! you know. Tomorrow is my last day of work, and then I'm for 10 days, I'll be in Disney slash Universal yeah. for one day. But yeah, and yeah, I'm looking forward to it. This will be like the longest vacation I've had that's not a family vacation. And also, it will be my first time like actually going to Disney as like, like I went one other time and I went to Epcot and then a hurricane hit. So I didn't go the rest of the time. Wow. Like, that's when they closed the actual park for the hurricane like a couple of years ago. I can't remember how long ago. It's been a while. There was a rumor, and I think it was since debunked, but they built the castle in such a way that if there is a hurricane, they can like disassemble it in 45 minutes and then like rebuild it. I don't know if that's what? true or not. That, that, yeah. seems, that seems apocryphal. It also seems pointless. Like it's like fiberglass. It's like, yeah, I was gonna oh, say, no, no, we can't afford to rebuild it. Like, <laughs> And now that I think about it, like that you can stay in the castle and there's like you can eat you can eat food in there. So there's no way they can disassemble the whole thing. Like it's an actual functioning building. So, yeah. yeah. That's not true. Um, so, <laughs> so there you go. I guess there's a cheerleading camp down there this weekend. Thanks for the uh, the shout out in the comments, uh, JF. <laughs> um, so keep an eye out for that, Josh. Um, what what is the uh, you know can't miss? What are you what are you making sure that you hit while you're there? Galaxy's Edge. I mean, I the the whole thing I'm hyped about is Galaxy's Edge, the Star Wars area. I'm like, okay, I have to do all the rides there. Have to build an astromech. Have to make a lightsaber. Uga's Cantina, like. Yeah, it's what, all booked, ready. What what color? I don't know. I, I'm gonna let it like you know happen it's in the moment. You. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's gonna be a special moment, Mike. I don't know, but uh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be great. <laughs> Kev, if you had a lightsaber color, what would it be? Red. Well, I don't know. Sorry, That's what? <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty fitting. I mean, <laughs> wait, I, I I missed what you said. He I, totally I, tuned us out. As soon as we started talking Star Wars, he's like, I'm out. I said no. red. I said red right away oh, for red. you. <laughs> no, I, I, I was gonna say like because I know I'm like I don't I don't know that much about the Star Wars universe, but like yeah, like colors other than like red is like Sith and whatever, but like colors actually mean stuff, right? Like for like on the non-red side. I mean, it, it kind of, but not really. It's all like made up after the fact. Like the when they made the movies, they didn't really have that in there. Mm-hmm. But like uh, the purple lightsaber that. Uh, Samuel Jackson, Jackson has. He like asked George Lucas, he's like, I want a purple lightsaber. And he's like, We've never done purple lightsabers. He's like, I know. I want a purple <laughs> lightsaber. Right. And, he, and George Lucas is like, All right, sure, give him a purple lightsaber. Yeah. So <laughs> you don't say no to Samuel. No, exactly. He's like, okay, that's cool. He, he gets what he wants there. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. So the, the funny thing is, Josh, you told us last week that you were going to Disney and uh, Kevin and I all, will also be in Disney um, at the end of April. So it seems like like I, it's just weird. I don't know if it's because we're going now. It sounds like everybody's going or just like literally everybody's going. But I know at least five or six people that were either at or at Disney right now were there last week or will be there between now and the end of April. So it just seems like, you know, coronavirus, everyone was cooped up and everyone's like, screw it. We're going to the most magical place on earth and uh, going to live it up. So yeah. last time our stadium, no, Highmark- <laughs> 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 so, 
to say last time I was at Disney was high school, maybe. Kev, have you ever been? Maybe when I was like an infant and don't remember, but I don't remember any of it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. So Josh won't be here next week. Um, Bob Lilly has uh, graciously offered to take his place. So Bob will be here in place of Josh. Um, this is just going to be a thing we do. When Josh isn't here, we'll just have Bob on. and he'll just it's, place, it's, so. it's happened a couple times now, actually. <laughs> I think it has. Um, Mid-season. That's right. <laughs> Mid-season. We'll just get him down there. It'll be fine. Um, so, yeah. So that's cool. So you guys will be gone for 10 days in Disney. Kev, what, uh, what's new with you? Nothing. Let's get on to Ezra. <laughs> I also like to point out that you guys are doing the Bob interview on Valentine's Day. That's a very yeah. sweet moment there. So yes. Yeah, I'm sure Riley, my wife, will understand. She'll, uh... <laughs> Is this your first Coach Valentine's Bob. Day as a married couple? No. Uh, this will be second. Okay, good. Now, See how now quick I, I was with that? Bam, yeah. got it right good away. <laughs> Ask me how many years I've been married to my wife. <laughs> I don't know. Hope she doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> no, I, she doesn't listen. It's fine. Um, no, the way that I know is I'm like, okay, my oldest kid is 14, so we've been married 16 years now. Like it's that. Like I do it based on my kids. I can't tell you like how old I am. Like I just don't. That stuff doesn't matter to me. Yeah, I just I, I slip always... up all the time with my age. I'm like, ah, oh, wait, maybe you're older, maybe you're younger. I'm not actually positive. So yeah. I always go back to my birth year and then do the math. Like you would think it would be easier just to remember. <laughs> it is not. I just, I'm like, I don't care. It, it's not a big deal. Um, yeah. So, all right, Kev, nothing new with you. We had a, uh, a, a mountain lion sighting at our neighbor's backyard the other day. So that was cool. I wanted to ask about this. Like, what do you know? Like, uh, hold on like real quick. Real quick. Or was just it like quick. a, the fact that you know about it and I didn't tell you about it means that mom knew about it and she's telling everybody about it. So thanks, mom, because I know you're gossip. listening. We know this. <laughs> she loves the gossip. Well, I didn't even know what I didn't. Even, I talked to her the following day and she already knew because my youngest had texted her like, hey, BT dubs, there was a mountain lion across the street. So basically what happened was our neighbor, um, she texted us because uh, we have chickens and she knows like the kids are always out in the woods and whatnot. And, uh, and she, she said uh, that um, she saw a rather large cat and she just assumed that it was a bobcat. But then she saw a really long tail on the back of it. And bobcats have really short stubby tails. And so when you start looking at like what kind of wild animals are there in Pennsylvania, um, it's basically mountain lion is the only thing it could be. And apparently this fall, there was uh, a state trooper looking into a, a situation further up the road from us of something that killed a steer. So like you got to be pretty big to take down a steer. So it's probably a mountain lion. Um, so, you know, my mom was like, you need to start like arming up. Cause like, what happens if you need to like run to the car and escape? I was like, mom, it's not like a pack of mountain lions surrounding the house waiting for us to get out. Like, and we, we park <laughs> in the garage. So it's not even like we're making a run for it for safety. Like we're fine. Mountain lions are no joke though, dude. Like I'd, I'd oh, I rather, know. I'd rather run into a bear than a mountain lion. That's like, we've like, now we've had both here. So it's just. And they don't care about the chickens. They don't care about the bees. They're, they're, they've been here as long as we've been here, which is going on five years now. Like, they, they're they fine. I'm not worried. 
I know but, nothing. I, I wouldn't have been to tell you the difference, like that there's mountain lions and bobcats. I thought bobcat was mountain. Like I don't freaking know. Like yeah. just bang some pots together. I'm sure they'll run away. <laughs> yeah. If you want to know, like some catnip. <laughs> if you want to know the feeling in my house, there's my youngest son messaging us. Let's go in the chat. So like they don't care. <laughs> they think it's funny. Um. All right. So that's what's going on here. Uh, lots of crazy stuff, guys. Um, not a ton of news. I mean, obviously the hounds have opened, uh, preseason They're in their second week of preseason. We'll get to the fact they have some games that they're actually going to play this weekend. Those will be free and open to the public, which is great. But again, we're early in the preseason. We know how Bob does these things where he'll bring in a whole bunch of players. The team will, excuse me, typically, uh, announce sort of who they brought in, who's sticking around, who's on the way. They don't necessarily say who's on the way out. We sort of deduce that. Um, but for the most part, the, everything is sort of shaking out. We really don't have a sense of what the team's going to look like for another few weeks yet. So the one crazy thing that, um, the, the team did announce today, and I think the steel army was on it, uh, was that Ezra Armstrong, who, uh, was announced as a player whose option we did pick up that, you know, even when we were talking to, to Alex Dixon a few weeks ago, we sort of said, like, you know, you're the quickest player on the team, right? And he's like, nah, Ezra is the quickest player. And he was, like, really hyping Ezra. Now, turns out, Ezra uh, showed up on St. Louis's, uh, basically, Twitter feed. They were announcing a whole bunch of players, and Ezra showed up there. And so Steel Army was like, what's going on? And, you know, the Hounds credit, they were pretty quick to put out a press release. And basically, the way it was phrased was that the Pittsburgh Riverhounds SC has completed the sale of defender Ezra Armstrong to St. Louis SC of Major League Soccer for an undisclosed transfer fee. So that's the first bit. The second bit, St. Louis SC is scheduled to begin play in MLS in the 2023 season. So not this year, but the team will field a squad in the third division MLS next pro league beginning in 2022. So there's two different things there that I want to dissect with you guys. First of all, the fact that we sold him for a transfer fee, I think this is probably the second time that we've talked about the hounds actually selling somebody for a transfer fee, which is great. And then the second bit is it's not clear whether or not Ezra is actually being signed to St. Louis two, because there were some graphics on their, um, on the Twitter feed, some of the players had the St. Louis two, meaning the MLS next league, and some just had St. Louis. So the fact that they're playing in the MLS next division this year before they become a team in MLS next year, it's not clear if Ezra is sort of meant to move up with them for MLS or if he's sort of in this tier. Regardless, Josh, thoughts on the fact that this is the second time the Hounds have actually like sold a player for a transfer fee? No, I mean, I'd rather see that than them just giving players away. Um, so it's nice to actually get some money uh, for a player. Kind of want to see more of that. Like, you know, we have two-year options and to take advantage of that if we're, you know, maybe we don't necessarily want the player for the next year, but maybe we can get some money for the player. Makes sense. Um, it's also dangerous, I'm sure, because then you don't know for sure if they're going to get signed somewhere else. Uh, but, yeah, it's, I mean, I don't have strong feelings about Ezra leaving, uh, you know, I, 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 I mean, Ezra was like a bench player last year. Yeah. Like, I don't, he came in, he did okay. You know, had some flashes, yeah. but I don't think he ever really started. Um, I do think it's interesting. Like I, I, I want to get more into the weeds about the whole, like how it works with this, because I think this is what we saw with Cincy as well, where like they didn't have it, the first team playing yet, but they had a two teams so they could sign like some weird, 
signings that's like it's actually for the two teams so therefore it gets around like the transfer window and like all that kind of stuff and the loany stuff so it's and like use mls money for whatever exactly yeah. like i'm sure there's some stuff going on there but at the same time they need to field a two team so it makes sense ezra got signed with them so i, I don't think it's that complicated probably it's probably just they need to field a team next year even though they're not going to have a team for two years in the mls so they're starting to sign ULS or usl players so yeah. Um, Kev, do you have any thoughts on, on Ezra leaving? I'm mixed. It's weird because like, I don't know. I, I think for me, I probably feel a little more strongly than um, how you just framed it uh, about like what he was for the squad last, last year. I think, yeah, I mean, he, he absolutely was a, a squad player. He, uh, he wasn't, first name on the team sheet he didn't appear in the uh starting 11 that frequently i'm sure he got a few starts but but at the same time i i remember on multiple occasions talking positively about him specifically in podcasts last season so i think i mean i think there was a lot there um i mean yeah i mean especially when like at this level if you have someone that has just a clearly defined like physical advantage um that's really helpful you know in this case he's really fast like that's really nice to, <laughs> to have so i mean i i'd rather have him here than gone um i think but the, the other side of it is the whole like undisclosed fee is i because of that i just don't know what to make of it like I, maybe this was great financial like moves by the club um maybe they let him go for you know a permani sandwich and 10 bucks or something. I don't know. Like it, it's in which case it would have been annoying. Um, but I think also along with the fees, the fee side of things, which like, yeah, I, I wouldn't like, I want to see the club move in. I want to see the league and the club move into this system where there is enough money around where, you know, transfer fees become a thing and you can kind of play that game and, and build your club through, you know, smartly navigating that um simultaneously like i i think we still always need to be a club that doesn't hold people back when obviously better opportunities come calling if if, if louisville comes calling no that's not an obvious you know what i mean like but if if a team that has the prospects of playing in the mls it would be bad for us to start to have a reputation as we're going around talking to other players in the league, other players on the team being like, I'd really like to go to the MLS, but they're hanging on to me here and blah, blah, blah. And they're offering to pay and I really want to go. And but So, yeah, I mean, so in that sense, it's good. So it's, it's, I think it's complicated, but yeah, he was a good player. I would have rather had him here, but the fee's good and creating this culture where we're letting you go is, is good as well. So complicated situation. Yeah. I mean, I think in, we had a conversation last year and I can't remember who it was with, um, where we talked specifically about the fee. It might've been Bob actually, um, or, or not the fee, but the transfer of the player that we brought in. And then he like turned around and immediately signed for Orlando. I think that's what it was. And we, we said like, why, like what happened? And Bob, you know, Kevin, to your point, basically said exactly that. Like, look, we don't, we don't want to be the team that's like holding these players back. Like we, we, we know who, who we are and what we are. And 
we think we can do great things. And there's a certain contingent of players that fit into that mold and will do great things with us. And then there's others that might have better opportunities. And we don't, you know, we don't want to be the team that gets resented because didn't let people go and try to take those opportunities. So, you know, I think that's another positive sign for the organization itself to sort of know itself, know what it is, not think that like, you know, we're, we're PSG or Barcelona or whatever. Like we're not the pinnacle for a lot of these players and they're going to come through and they can contribute and they can have a good time and they could do really well here. But they also, if they have an opportunity to go somewhere else, like great, um, go for it. So, um, so obviously I think, you know, best of luck to Ezra. I mean, hopefully he does do well in St. Louis and, and hopefully he does make the MLS squad. That would be awesome to see him playing in the MLS. Um, guys, I mean, is this, We've talked for years about it seems like Lily really likes this one year and an option kind of thing. And I'm wondering if this isn't another example of where that makes a lot of sense, where it's like, we'll take a player, we'll pick up their option. Even if, you know, it sounded like, you know, there might have been plans for Ezra here. But now, as long as we sort of have him after a good season or a decent season, you can at least get something out of him as opposed to doing a one-year deal and then just walking away. Um, I, I don't know. Has, has this whole thing changed how you guys feel about the one-year plus option approach at all, Kev? Not really. I don't know. I, I, I think the situation that all clubs are in at the USL and because of the, the turnover, that it, like the current culture of turnover rates at the clubs and in the financial situations of all the clubs, I think that kind of optionality and the time period kind of makes sense with the expected kind of like salary rates that most of the players operate at. But I don't, I don't, I don't think that's like should be the long-term sustainable solution for the club as a whole. I think it's hard for individual clubs to start making, making moves on that without a collective um, push forward and probably a collective push forward doesn't make sense until the economics makes sense a little more. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's something that's going to have to like almost like a top down kind of thing where there's a few other things that happen that allow maybe a, a reconsideration of like contract lengths to, to come into play. But um, yeah, that's my convoluted answer to that. <laughs> Josh, do you agree? Yeah. Um, so like I, I I don't know how much more we can expect than maybe a two-year contract instead of a one-year option. I can see that becoming more prevalent. And I also don't know what changes with the whole uh, players' union and the new contracts that's around. Yeah, like how's that change things? Um, So it will be interesting to see where it goes. I could see us doing two-year deals, three-year deals. Um, but I, I don't think it makes sense to do much more than what we're already doing. Like it's, it's a situation where every year it's so much in flux as far as like, you know, players moving up and like trying to get talent and it's, it makes sense to be a little bit more nimble with it. Now I don't, I don't want to see one year contract. I don't want to see less. Like I definitely want to see either like two year contracts or around where we're at right now. It's fine to the one year option. Um, but yeah, I, it, it's hard with this league with, you know, not being the top division and 
the pyramid. It's, it's like, yeah, you probably want to be a little bit more nimble and not have these long, long deals. I do like when we keep players for longer times, but I don't know if it makes sense to keep those players tied with a contract and just resign them. Yeah. One thing uh, to sort of drop the plug now, um, for those of you who are, I guess, in Discord, I'm sure it was talked about there and, and on social media, there is another Hounds podcast out there now called Houndsy, brought to you by the Steel Army. Um, specifically, Dan Yost and Vesti did the first episode. Don't want to poach this topic because I want you to go listen to that episode, but they spent a decent amount of time talking about the whole collective bargaining agreement and the fact that now that there is this MLS Next program, that the pool of players that are available at this level is going to be not necessarily decreasing, but it's going to be more distributed. And so for someone like Bob, who likes to sit and poach players who drop off of MLS rosters, they may not be dropping that far off of MLS rosters and they may no longer be available. And so, you know, even in a situation like this where we don't have a keeper signed yet, like the the pool of keepers might be a lot smaller than what it was just a year ago. So um, I'll sort of just set that there and see if you guys have any thoughts. But like I said, I don't want to spend too much time on this because I want everyone to go listen to, to Hounsey and uh, and see what Dan and Vesti thought as well. Josh, what do you think? About Hounsey? <laughs> well, about that topic or Hounsey. Go ahead, Bo. Yeah, I, was, I was going to say, I'm super excited for the Steel Army podcast because it's been something I've been wanting to see happen for a while now. I've been trying to like push Dan into doing a podcast. I figured he would be the the one to head up a Steel Army podcast. And so I'm, I'm just excited to see it finally happen. And they, they talk a little bit at the beginning of the podcast, but there used to be a Steel Army podcast. And I remember listening to it when I first became a fan of the Hounds. And like that's where I learned some stuff about what was going on. And then it kind of just fell away. So it's kind of cool to see it come back now. And of course, calling Houndsy, that's that's Steel Army. That makes sense to me. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little bit tongue in cheek, you know, and so it's going to be fun to see that develop. And uh, hopefully it lasts more than five episodes like the last uh, Steel Army podcast. I have faith, though. I think it can happen. That is uh, available on, uh, on Apple Podcasts right now. Most podcast players have it available. We're still working on getting it on Spotify. It's part of BGN. If, if you know, that's sort of why I'm saying like we're yeah, like we're helping like you know getting it out there. So um, you know, I think th- the more voices talking about soccer in Pittsburgh is only a good thing. So I'm I'm thrilled that that they're doing this. I think it's going to be great, and I've been enjoying what they did so far. So. Um, yeah, looking forward to it. it. Sounds like the next episode is supposed to record Wednesday and then uh, we'll probably drop it Thursday. So go subscribe to, you know, Houndsy on your podcast player. Kev, any thoughts on the uh, dwindling size of the talent pool that might be available? I mean, I think the advantage is even though if, if Bob has operated in a certain way in the past few years, I, I mean, I have faith and trust in him enough that, you know, he's been around the league long enough where he can adapt and he knows how to yeah, get the players that he needs to get. So I, my, my hunch is it's less of a, um, like, required crutch for him to operate the way he needs to, and more of it he just sees it as an advantage, something that he could use as an advantage. Um, so in, in that sense, I don't think it's going to, like – affect us personally compared to like any other team necessarily but as far as far as like operating and getting players that we need but um but yeah it'll be interesting to see how it develops 
I also think that um, when you look at the composition of Bob's teams, he seems to do a good job of getting experienced, um, good players who likely don't have the best shot at MLS. Like their, their shot at MLS is sort of behind them. So they sort of know that like their position is like, you know, a top notch player in the USL. And so he gets a good mix of that. And then he always ends up pulling in a couple guys who seem to be like just out of college or like have just left a MLS two team kind of thing um, that sort of have hopes of that next level. And so he can sort of coach them up and let them go. We don't have a lot of players that fall in that like middle range, like between the two. And so you have, you know, the Kenny Forbes and you have the Danny Griffins and like, or you had the Robbie Mertzes or you have, you know, the, the Velardes where it's like straight out of school and you get a few years with Bob and then you're either off to some other team up a level or you're somewhere else. Um, and so, you know, it, I, I just don't know how much that pool is going to be affected or, or, or the players in that group are going to be impacted by this whole like MLS next thing, this whole shiny object. Um, and who knows? I mean, we'll see what happens here over the next few years, but yeah. Don't know guys. Um, the hounds have two preseason games on Saturday, which means that uh, we'll probably learn even less than we normally do simply because it's going to probably be two different squads um, you know, they play against Villanova at 11 and then, uh, Westchester United of USL two at 3 PM. And as I mentioned, both of those games will be at high mark admission is free. So I'm sure there's going to be some people that go down and watch. Um, if you are there, we would love to hear from you. Um, I think it would be really cool just to get a read on what's going on. I'm sure the team will put out, you know, uh, they always put out blog posts and news just about who scores and how the games go and things like that. Um, but regardless, I mean, this is the first time the Hounds will have kicked the ball since, you know, we were just nixed from the playoffs last season. So, uh, yeah, it'll be very, very interesting to see. Guys, um, one of the things that I was thinking, and I didn't put it in the agenda, so I'm sort of putting you on the spot here a little bit. But I was trying to think, the, the team has a lot of really high hopes this year. You know, our buddy John over at USL Tactics wrote another great piece about Dane Kelly and his contribution to this team and what it could be based on everybody that's returning from last year. And Josh, I think both you and I, after we read it, we were like, woo, like, here we go. Like championship, it's over. Um, my question for you is this. First of all, this feels like there's more hope and anticipation for this season than there has been in any previous seasons. Is that a fair assessment of how you feel right now? Like, Josh, do you think that this is the hypest you've been for a Hounds season based on talent? It's hard to say. Like, I've, I feel like I've, I've been here before. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's been plenty of times where I've been like, all right, we got Herzog. We're going to be great here. We got, uh, what was the name of the guy from the Timbers uh, that, he was a better oh, Timbers yeah, player, yeah, but then he got injured yeah. right at the beginning right. in the midfield. It's like, we got this going on. You know, like I, we've been hyped before. I don't want to say this is the hypest I've ever been, but I will say that I do feel strong that 
like strongly that this is a good side we're putting together so far. Like, obviously, there's some holes still, but like, I, I do feel confident that this is going to be a good squad and it could have a deep run, if not, you know, what we've been waiting for a championship. Uh, so it, it's not like it's, it doesn't feel like the same old, same old, but at the same time, I, I hesitate to say it's the hype as I've ever been for the team just because I feel like I always get my hopes up. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm going to come back to you on that hesitation in a second. Kev, are you, how do you feel about this heading into the season? It's kind of similar to Josh. I mean, I, I think I was, what gets me, I think most excited, even in the face of squad turnover is how we finished the previous season and not even necessarily in like a playoffs uh, situation. So what, two seasons ago when we finished first in the East and I think that was also was that also the same year we smacked Birmingham seven 0 in the first round. Um, yeah, I mean, like how like that's when I was like, okay, we we turned the corner, we're the best in the East, blah blah blah. And this this past season didn't feel like we lived up to it. Um, but uh, so yeah, I, I not not the highest I've I've felt on this team uh since we've been doing the podcast but probably the highest i felt like for like a player acquisition and but it's just it's for me it's so hard to to kind of i don't know uh, quantify quantify that in 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 a term of like how i expect the team to do just because like sure like i can read all the stats about kelly and, and watch some of the youtube videos but like i haven't i've i haven't watched them week in week out i don't I, I don't know so many you know i don't know a lot of these players so it takes me a while to kind of get a feel for it and to watch them play and so i i just i can't take much from preseason in player acquisitions at, at all um but from the little that i can take yeah I, I think the player acquisition so far this this season has been the best i can remember I mean, I think I, I think we're all sort of pumped about Dane Kelly, but honestly, I'm I'm almost as equally ex- as excited about uh, Angelo Kelly Rosales, um, considering what he's done in the midfield and what that could potentially do for, you know, a Danny Griffin. Like, does that push Danny Griffin further up the field to have him sort of sitting in? Like, I think there's a lot of things that Bob can do this year, but um, but to, so the flip side of that question then is okay. I think we're all somewhat excited. We're saying we may not be as excited as previous seasons. I'm telling you right now, the Hounds don't win the championship. I think in our mind, we're all saying the Hounds win the championship. If the Hounds don't win the championship, what do you think the cause will be? Why do you, what, what is the Achilles heel of this team at this point? Kev, you sort of shrugged. So I'm going to throw I, I think first. it's, it's so hard. I mean, because like at the end of the day, it's not, even even in a um, a season structure like in the major like European leagues where it's just whoever has the most points in, and at the end of the season wins, even in that structure you have you know a handful of teams where like okay they have a chance like no it's I mean I guess that's changing in these days I was gonna say no no one's really guaranteed a league anymore at the start of the season that's not entirely true but you know anytime there's a a kind of single elimination situation in it you can put yourself in a good situation, but uh, to me, I, I, the bar always is, do we finish first um, in the Eastern conference at the end of the season? If that, all right, great. And that sets us up well, but then anything can happen. And I think the reason why we wouldn't win is because 
single round elimination game, knockout games are hard. We don't have a ton of ex- experience at it as a club, if we're being honest. And, you know, yeah, there are other good teams out there in the US, uh, in the USL. So, I, yeah, I think it's really hard. But if we can finish first in the East, then, you know, that's... that's well, that, that, okay, so that was going to be my follow-up then. So if you're saying that the only reason why you don't think that we win the championship is because of the immense variability of a single elimination game. Yeah. Do you have hesitations about the Hounds being first place in the East at the end of the season? Yes, but less so because like that's more in our hands. You know, we have control over that over the course of the entire season. Um, And I do think we're, we have a strong, we have strong coach. We have strong club fan base. It seems like we're we're developing a, a strong squad. Um, so yeah, I mean, week by week, I feel stronger and and more certain about that outcome. But once again, it's, you know, injuries, whatever. I mean, you know, it's anything can happen. Josh, our, our eternal pessimist optimist, how do you feel about (laughs) the Hounds being in first in the East at the end of the season? I mean, I feel like it's very much a possibility. Um, but to go to the first question originally, yeah. the you know what would stop us from winning? Mm-hmm. I worry about injuries constantly with this squad, especially with the the players, like the older players we have. Uh, like a Dane Kelly is great, and a, a you know Canardo Forbes is great, but like you gotta worry about injuries and like it, how much is a Forbes injury going to hinder or, or Dane Kelly uh, injury going to the rest of the season and like how much of a linchpin will those players be um or Ciceroni or like you know what I mean like there's just certain key players I feel like we put a lot of hopes and dreams on and it, it's I'm always worried that that's you know if you have a linchpin player if they go away then what happens so a little yeah. bit worried about that um uh injuries I think would be our downfall because I feel like we have a pretty decent schedule we have a a, a great squad but yeah i don't know how how well especially since preseason still like i don't know how well our depth is going to be for the squad it's still hard to say i think what'll be interesting with kelly is it doesn't feel like the hounds have had that guy for a few seasons like the the first one that comes to mind is like nico Ray. well i ciceroni yes but I feel like Ciceroni last season had a lot of players around him doing a lot of stuff as well in the sense that like a few years ago we had Nico Brett and it was like, if Nico Brett ain't scoring, we ain't scoring. And now you add Dane Kelly into a mix of team of this team that has Dixon and it has Ciceroni and it has, you know, all of the guys in the midfield that are sort of stepping up and doing stuff too. And I'm I'm very interested to see how Kelly fits into that dynamic. Cause I think last season it was very much like Ciceroni was, you know, we had, we had Williamson who would sort of play that front line, but a lot of time you had Ciceroni pushing up, pushing up. How does Kelly sort of fit into that? Mo- I think there's, there's a lot. I'm really looking forward to sort of seeing how it shakes out. Um, and I, you know, if I asked myself that same question, I have no idea. I think the only, the only hesitation I have at this point is just history of this organization. Like until we sort of we can prove yeah. that like we get there, I'm always going to be hesitant. Like, well, there's going to be something like I, you know, I, I think the back line is actually going to be a lot better than they were last year. I think another year with a lot of these guys together. Um, and I think towards the end, they sort of gelled and there were still a few 
<laughs> JF says, of course, our D didn't score enough. Um, yeah, well, you know, that's a thing. But uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I, I think there's a lot of high hopes for this season, and I think rightly so. Now I'm just excited to sort of see the guys take the field and see what happens from there. So, um, guys, real quick, and then we'll get out of here. Uh, Kev, is Liverpool going to catch City? Uh, I mean, probably not, just because, like, yeah, <laughs> I've, I've watched City a few times. It's always, I'm always on the fence about watching City because, on one hand, it's like, I, why? Like, it's just so 99% of the time, it's like, yeah, they have 75% of possession and they win 4 0. Like, what's the point? Um, and then sometimes they have, and, and yeah, so like I, I've watched them a few times this season and they're ridiculous. Yeah. Like they're, they're incredible. So I think Liverpool can put up huge points this season, but I just think city will match it. And so probably not, but, uh, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Um, the Liverpool reject said, sadly, no. Um, yeah. City always just, they, they, needed Jack Grealish and they turned him into just like a regular player. Um, so like, whatever, go somewhere. <laughs> Josh, you're not, you're not biased at all. Are you? Not at all. No, Josh, um, are you excited with Deli Alley now? Now it's uh, Everton and your new manager. Yeah. I mean, there's a, I don't know. I'm, I'm <laughs> relatively confident. I'm relatively confident. We're not going to get relegated. That's about as good as I can give you right now. As far as what's going on. Frank Lampard being the new manager is cool. I think it's, I don't know, it, it feels like it could be a good fit. Um, I'm kind of excited for that. The FA Cup game looks was really fun to watch. I mean, winning 4-1 is, is great. Uh, would be nice to see us win a uh, league match at some point in the near future. You know, it's been a while. Oh, like seven games since we've won? Six? I don't know. It's, it's been bad. Uh, we're sitting now in 16th and we have 19 points. Granted, we have a lot of games in hand, uh, around the, the people around us, but it's still a situation where you're just kind of like, well, let's just hope we don't get relegated. You guys were talking about, you know, Liverpool and Man City. You know, like, I'm like, I, I had to look up the table. I'm like, I don't even know what's going on up there. Like, I, I haven't even looked that far <laughs> up the table in, in months. Yeah, it's like, what? <laughs> Well, it's like, I mean, I haven't looked at the table in a while either. And I'm, I'm just surprised. I mean, usually it's like, okay, if you go at like a point a game, you're safe. Like if you, you can finish the season with what, like 38 points or whatever, then you're fine. There's a good amount of, te- like someone has to go down. Right? Like there's a good amount of teams that don't have that aren't going at a point of game right now. And, uh, you know, you could, you could end up going at like 0.85 points per game and still not go, uh, not go down the season. So it's not great, Kevin. It's not great. (laughs) (laughs) Well, everything's just getting, you know, polarized and, and inequalities happening in all leagues. You know, there's only so many points. Well, that's, it's yet true and not, there's only so many points to go around. But, uh, when you have city and Liverpool and Chelsea, you know, eating 95 points a season. And it's ridiculous. When you're, when your highlight is the fact that you, you beat Brentford, Brentford, like you're just like, all oh, right, we beat Brentford. Sweet. Woo-hoo. I feel good about this team now. It's like, that's not good. That's you gotta not celebrate everything in life. Yeah. Right. Every win. <laughs> gotta celebrate. Four one. All right. <laughs> it looked fun. I actually watched the highlights of it. 
It was yeah, a fun was like, game to watch. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, oh my God, Kev, um, loving Stevie G. Uh, dude's a stud. Comes in, he has some swagger. Yeah, Kevin giving the fist bump. Um, yeah, him bringing in Coutinho. There's all sorts of exciting. I mean, Coutinho hasn't done anything yet, but he's freed up. Didn't Wendy he score like a, a game? Oh, he scored. Win? He scored his first game back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but it wasn't like a. It wasn't like a Coutinho goal. It was like a great cross, and he just happened to be there to put it away. But, um, but I mean, the the second game against Everton, he was like, yeah. But he's still getting his feet back under him from like not playing at Barcelona. Yeah. Um, so, but then there was rumors that Suarez might come and play at Villa. And I was like, this is just turning into yeah. like Liverpool circa 2017. And I don't know how I feel about that. But uh, no, it, Stevie himself is just like a draw. Like people want to come play just for him. So in a lot of ways, I was sort of bitter at the beginning of the season because Grealish went to City. But it got me thinking like if Grealish didn't go to City, then you know the villa manager probably doesn't get sacked and stevie brought in and then coutinho's here and dean is here and you know they're yeah making moves and doing all sorts of stuff so i'm excited for the games to come back again i think villa play wednesday so i'll probably be doing the half like looking at work and half having the game on the screen um so yeah i'm happy games are back all right, guys, we could talk about all sorts of international games and things like that, but I don't want to. So we'll save that for another episode. Yeah, um, international games aren't fun. No, they're, they're really sloppy. Like I tried watching some of the US game. I was like, this is poop. Like, it's terrible. So anyway, when you have, you know, yeah, like everything now is a fine tuned machine yep. because, you know, you have to be then. Yeah. When you only have like a few days to practice with each other, it's like yeah, pick up. It's like playing pickup. Yeah. It also doesn't help when you're playing in zero degree weather. Uh, <laughs> you know, that that tends to cause some issues on the field. Yeah. God, that game looks so miserable. I couldn't imagine. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you saw like the opposing coach was saying, like, oh, you know, this is terrible. We had to bring some of the guys off and put them on IVs and stuff. And Burhalter's whole argument was like, look, when we go down to, you know, Latin America, it's like crazy humid and super hot and we gotta deal with that. It just feels like I don't know. It's like you don't need freezing cold temperatures to beat these teams like what are, what are we doing it's just don't we don't never mind uh, <laughs> we're, we're, usa woo we're a great team let's woo! just move on <laughs> second only to canada woo jeez oh, uh, all right well as i mentioned earlier uh lily is scheduled to be on with us next week on valentine's day so <laughs> sit down with your loved one and get some hot chocolate and turn on the tube and watch us talking to Lily. Cause it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, we got all sorts of stuff that we want to get into with Lily. We were talking about it a little bit off air. Um, some of the like non-traditional stuff that we typically talk about. So if you have questions for him, be sure to let us know. You can hit us up on Twitter at Mongols. Um, email us at mongols at bgn.fm. Uh, let us know what you think. And, uh, and for sure we will, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll send them, send him your questions and uh and we'll talk about them on air or you could join us live and ask in the chat i'm sure he'd love to pick up some questions on the fly so from, um, from your son from from, from my nine-year-old son he doesn't know that he won't know that i'll actually i should preload a bunch of questions for emerson and we'll just get them in there like yeah that'd be great oi all right um guys anything else for this one preseason starting it's exciting, baby. Josh, have fun in uh, the magical world of Disney. 
take lots of pictures, share them on Twitter. Take take your uh, steel army scarf with you, and that's a good idea. Maybe put it on the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. We appreciate it. Make sure you head over to mongols.com. Click on support the show to become a Patreon follower. Weekly surprise. <laughs> Weekly surprise. Oh, that was the other thing I wanted to say real quick. Uh, I am short a scarf here. Kevin's like like covering his I'm short a scarf here because I donated one of my hound scarves to our buddy Ryan Allen over on the USL show who's starting a scarf wall behind him oh. for the USL show. So he will have a classic hound scarf behind him in nice. its place. Uh, the USL released a new scarf. Uh, I believe it was put together with the Black Player Alliance, but um, but it looks awesome. Uh, they released yeah. it for Black History Month. Go and pre-order it. It probably, I, I think it's like eight weeks for delivery. I think they're taking orders and they're going to get them all printed. But go over, check it out at the USL's website. Uh, get yours. It looks amazing. As soon as it comes in, it will be on my wall because it is just a slamming um, scarf. And I believe proceeds go to a couple of different organizations. So make sure you go check that out. And that ties into the weekly reminder that Black Lives Matter, um, which we're just going to keep saying forever and ever because if you don't, then it just sort of dissipates. So... If you're looking for more great USL news, head over to BGN.FM where we've now got over 100 fans that are writing and podcasting about the beautiful game. Lots of great features that went up on the site this week. Our buddy Hugh Roberts keeps cranking out great stuff, especially related to Black History Month, so go check that out as well. Otherwise, thank you, everybody. We will talk to you very, very soon. Cheers. Later.